Sometimes consumers don't know what they want until you show it to them. That's what he was getting at, right? Because again, if you ask consumers what they want, well, they're just going to tell you what they want today. And they're going to react to what's what they do or don't like about how they live and work today. They're not going to be reacting to some new possible future that you are thinking about creating. Welcome to Exploring Product, where we go behind the scenes on what it really takes to bring new products to market. Too often, people focus just on the success stories. Our aim is to flip the script. We try to unpack what product teams actually go through when trying to bring new products to market. I'm Ryan Hatch. And I'm Rob Kaminsky. Every day, we're trying to build products that our customers love. And we know just how messy and difficult product work can be. We don't have it all figured out, and we're okay with that. Join us on our journey as we explore the world of creating new products. We are super excited today to host Alan Clement. Alan, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me. Wonderful. For those of you um, who, who don't know Alan, um, Alan's a thought leader in jobs to be done theory and consumer and market behavior. Uh, he's also VP of products with an S at uh, GTM Hub. And today what we're going to talk about is simulated shopping and finding value propositions that resonate with the market. Um, so Alan, super excited to, to have you on today and super excited to unpack uh, simulated shopping together. All right, let's do it. Wonderful. So before we get into simulated shopping it, it, it's, itself and, and, and what it is, I'm sure people are going to want to know. Um, I thought we might just start off with, you know, why simulated shopping and what what problem or what questions does simulated shopping um, help us answer? And I know that, you know, one of the biggest problems in in product is that most new products fail. Right. So, Alan, you want to take that a little bit and just talk about why why new products fail and, and what you think some of the root causes are? Yeah, I think it comes from two two main reasons. I would say first off is and we were talking about this before, uh, the problem I would say is, is prediction. So we use theory in everything that we do in our lives, right? Theory is just basically using a, a belief about how the world works to anticipate what will happen in the future. So, and you know, whether we're aware of it or not, when we're developing new products, we are making a prediction, right? We're making a prediction, oh, I think people are gonna love this thing or they're gonna love it, so on and so forth. That is technically a prediction. And whether you are aware of it, you are using some theory to construct that prediction. Um, so I guess the first thing there is a lot of people are just not aware of that, that they are actually using theory. Um, and, and even if they did know they're using theory, they probably don't have a very good theory to, to, to work with. The second thing, though, is that which kind of is related to the first is that if you, uh, you know, don't know that you should be using theory or that you are using theory, you have no no way of asking why, like why things, things went wrong. And this is, for example, one of the big criticisms I have with the lean startup approach, which is, let's be honest, it's trial and error. Oh, we'll do this and then we should learn something and then magic will happen, then we'll know what to do next. But there's actually no theory behind it, meaning there's no mechanisms to help you ask, well, how do we find out which parts of it broke down or not? So I think, you know, a big challenge in increasing the success of products that we release to the market and minimizing the risk of them being a failure, I think starts off with recognizing those two things, right? That we're making predictions and that these predictions are based upon a theory, um, but then also that we should have a theory that enables us to ask questions when things don't work. Mm. Yeah, one of the things we talked about um, was it's impossible to guarantee success, right? And that we don't we don't live in a de deterministic world, right? Prediction cannot yeah. be a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's right. You know, it's it's possible to do everything right and still fail. That's that's the way it is. So, um, which again, you know, having the right theory about understanding why maybe something did or didn't work will help you kind of zero in on that. Which is you know. A, a good thing because it could be again if you if you have a good theory and we can talk more about you know examples of that going going forward but you could say look 
it looks like that this product should have been a success, but it wasn't. Maybe we just released it at the wrong time, for example, or maybe we should wait a couple of years and try again, or maybe we should, you know, take some other approach to do this and not just completely give up on the idea. Or, or, or maybe lots of things because there are a ton of variables that play into whether a product's successful or not. I right. think that's part, that's, that's why it's so hard. Um, you also talked about like, with creating new products, data from the past won't invent the products of the future. You want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So it's important to understand, and and this goes back to the theories part. So I've been using the word theory a lot. I'll kind of give a little context to that. Um, when I talk about theory, I'm, I'm talking about jobs to be done theory, which is this study of, it began with the study of why consumers, we call it hire and fire products, or we could just say, adopt or abandon products. So we're just trying to come up with some theory to help us predict that behavior. But while we were doing that investigation, we started recognizing that uh, this characteristic of markets and understanding them as evolutionary systems. And and then that kind of comes back to what what you were just uh, alluding to, um, because they're evolutionary systems, there's three important criteria. The first one is that they uh, have irreversible time. So things change over time. And also this means that markets and consumers have a memory, which is important. And the second thing is around the, they produce variety, which is, of course, making new products or consumers adopt, uh, adapt products. And also third thing is that there's some selection process going on. Uh, those are the three characteristics. We can go into that if, if you like, but going back to your initial thing about why data from the past does not work in the future, well, it's because of this irreversible time element. So if you're sampling the market, for example, you know, what consumers are interested in last year and then trying to use that to you know, anticipate what they will want six months later, it's not going to work, right? Or you have to, to take into consideration that, you know, the, the, that there's a half-life to that data because the information markets are always producing new information. Consumers are changing what they want. Uh, you know, variety, new products are being introduced. So if you're just relying only on data from the past, I mean, sure, you might have a perfect, perfect understanding of what the market was a year ago, but that may not be relevant today. It's, it's kind of like using uh, the kind of analogy that I like to use that when, when people look to, you know, data about the past, market data from the past and trying to use that for the future, that's a bit like using a weather report from six months ago to determine what you're going to bring in your trip next month. It's just, it's just ridiculous. So that's why we have to always kind of respect this um, irreversible time element of markets and not, you know, I, I think directionally, you know, data from the past can be helpful, but only directionally. We should always think about, you know, exploring the market in ways by like putting new things into the market and seeing it how, how it reacts. I think that's the best way to, um, to, to think about it. And I think, and I'm gonna do it, but it's, it's cliche, but that guy, he, he knew his stuff, uh, Steve Jobs, right? It's totally cliche, but God, he really nailed a lot of things right. This is what he meant when he said that sometimes consumers don't know what they want until you show it to them. That's what he was getting at. Right. Yeah. Because, again, if you ask consumers what they want, well, they're just going to tell you what they want today and they're going to react to what's what they do or don't like about how they live and work today. They're not going to be reacting to some new possible future that you are thinking about creating. Right. The best way to predict the future is to invent the future. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Right. And then, and then weather example is interesting because <clears throat> if you just like average the lead, the weather in the last three months and just, you know, project, well, that must be, you know, what's going to happen the next right. three months just because it's law of averages, law of large numbers. Right. And all of yeah. a sudden, uh, well, we're hitting, we're hitting fall now. Like the past three months is zero predictor of, of the, the next three right. months. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting because you talk about theory and I think about, well, what does that people, what does that mean to people? And I mean, one of the things that I think the, with a weather analogy, it's like, data if we just take the data and just average it for the next three months it doesn't work but but you know the only reason weather predictions are even possible is because 
they they put that 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 data into a theory into a model yeah. And, yeah. and the model is used for prediction right yes exactly yep that's exactly it. that's our, that's why it's that's why when, when i'm you know encouraging people to think about um you know how to create new products or you know explore what customers want or will will want and in the future uh it's best to work with with now data as it were as, as much as possible and even better if you're able to generate that now data um and you know using some sort of research method that can kind of help you you know it's like you know you you won't really know like how the bear will react until like, you poke the bear so it's like you, you have to poke the bear and see what happens. And then you'll know you can't like, cause maybe he'll just continue sleeping or maybe he'll get up angry or whatever it is, but you won't really know until you do it. So I, I, I kind of use that same thinking um, when, when thinking about products, you won't, you won't really know what customers want until you put the thing in front of them and, and see and, and see how they react to it. Yeah. It's um, interesting. It almost makes me think like the, and we're going to get into simulated shopping, obviously as is the core of this You're you, you talked about past data, Ideally, you have current data or something really close to present to make decisions. Uh, but I almost view, and, and we'll get into it, but simulated shopping is a way of almost creating future data or, exactly. or backcasting yeah. it into the present, so to speak, yeah. so that you can make decisions. So I think that's super yeah. fascinating. Yeah, the, uh, Alan, when you and I started talking about this stuff several months ago, um, I came to you because I had just launched, I had just done all of this research for a new product, done all my um, customer discovery very well, super proud of it. Um, came up with, came up with the offer, the value prop, the whole thing, put all the messaging, everything that seemed to be like, man, this was going to be it. And I put the landing page out there and set it live and, and what I got back was not a lot of conversion rates, like very low conversion rates. And I had a lot of clicks on my ads, had like almost no signups, if you will, conversions. And I, I called you because I was like, Alan, what do I do? Right? Like just, just, just trying to bounce this off somebody because what lever do I pull on? Right? What, which lever do, is it the pricing that's wrong? Is it the value prop that's wrong? Is it the the target audience that's wrong? Is it the messaging, the imagery? Like there's so many things, like a value proposition is so, it's so many things tied together. And what you told me on that call was, was Ryan, they're all interrelated, right? They're like so inter interdependent that the experiment I was running, it, it was just really hard to see um, to know what to do just from a landing page test. And so what we're going to talk about simulated shopping is how you can actually get that, get people's responsiveness to, um, to the, the, the problem and a solution all at the same time. But I, I'm, I'm excited for where we're going, but I think that was one of the things that I realized is that the, the problem and the solution there in the value prop, they were all so, so interwoven and, I think that's what simulated shopping, I hope, um, is going to help us with, is teasing those individual parts of the offer um, uh, to be separate things. Yeah. I, if, if I were to suggest someone how they could visualize it, you're, you're offering, and when I say offering, it's the whole thing. It's the, the, the product, the price, the positioning, the company making it. I mean, it's, it's everything together. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's really difficult. You know, we can and we do do it, but it's through iterative experiment. But, you know, you can't really so cleanly isolate variables, right? Because they're all tightly coupled. So like, think about it, you know, you, when I think about offering, think about it like as a spider web. So like when you pull on price, when you pull on that one, when you start pushing in on price, well, then every, it's going to, you have to figure out how to affect everything else at the same time. So that's kind of how, how, how we think about when we're kind of designing these experiments. It's not, it's not the statistical way of, you know, from Fisher and, you know, all those guys 150 years ago when they were studying, you know, wheat crop and so on and so forth, or even kind of uh, in industry where a, a lot of statistical work first, first came on. And yeah, you can isolate 
you know, when you have a machine arm moving around, putting in a screw, okay, you can isolate parts of that thing and, and break it down. Uh, but, you know, when you're talking with human behavior and, and, and how people think, you know, they, they think about it all together. You know, like, again, I, I think you talked about this before. I, I, people get blown away when I show them the, the Prada phone, right? Or I show them like a, a screw of the Prada phone. And they're like, actually, I showed it to someone last week. And he said, oh, what is that? Some kind of cheap iPhone knockoff? Well, not cheap, but like some kind of iPhone knockoff? And I said, no, this, this came out six months before the iPhone. And he's just like, what? <laughs> um, and, you know, I was like, well, it was just that it wasn't Steve Jobs standing up there and in his black T-shirt waving it around. It was released at Consumer Electronics Show by LG and no one cared. So anyway, it's, 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 I guess also going back to that topic of it's possible to do everything right and still fail. Uh, you know, there are you know, certain variables that maybe you can't control or too difficult to, to isolate on their own. Yeah. So go, everyone go check out Prada phone. Uh, Alan <laughs> yeah. showed me and I'm like, Whoa, this is, this is crazy. <clears throat> um, but let's get into it. So let's, let's start talking about some limited shopping. So that's some great background, Alan. So what I'm going to do is, um, is pull up your dream one. Oh yeah. Yep. And just have you start talking and walking through the deck slowly and kind of the intent behind each yep. of these uh, screens. And this is, this is meant to be, by the way, for context, this is meant to be um, you sitting down one-on-one -on -one, kind of a customer yep. interview type scenario. Yep. Yep. So what we are, the questions we're trying to answer here, right. Is, um, well, actually, let me back up here. The, the purpose here is we're trying to create predictions. Right? Going back to the very beginning of this call. Right? So we are trying to help us you know, create really good predictions of if we do X, if we put X into the market, you know, a product at this price that looks like this, made by this person, so on and so forth, how will consumers react to it? That's what we're trying to do. And we can kind of come back into, actually, if you want to have an interesting discussion, we maybe... Um, loop back to this afterwards, it's actually okay to do this one-on-one -on -one and make an inference about the whole. We can kind of come back to that, why, why that works, but I'll, I'll, I'll continue on, on, on this thread. So for simulated selection here, we are uh, trying to get, again, you know, make that prediction of will the market select this tool? We're going back to the idea of markets as evolutionary systems, right? Irreversible time, produce variety and selection. So we're trying to probe it like, you know, how will the market select for this, for this offering? Um, and will it select for this offering? <clears throat> so the idea that, that we do, and then there's different ways. So honing down now to what's going on here, we, we had a customer dream. Now this is, this happened about a year ago. So I, I'm, I, I feel, and they've pivoted dramatically since then, which I can talk about why, but so this is why I, I feel it's fine to talk about this. It was about a year and a half ago. They were trying to figure out, okay, we, we have this. Actually, I'll, I'll jump right to it. Um, <laughs> they had this, this, this kind of like headband product that you wear. So they had developed this technology that was really great. It's kind of a, it's, it's a, we'll call it a sleep lab in your home, which I think was even one of the, the, the messaging that, that we tried, which since I'm on it, this freaked people out, by the way. So that was kind of an interesting thing. People were like, what does that mean? But uh, you know, again, the idea is that they had developed this technology that measures your brain waves as you're sleeping, and that this can be used to help, help you figure out what you should change in your lifestyle so you get better sleep. And so like, they had this amazing technology, like, okay, how can we, how can we uh, monetize this, if you will? And they tried different models, and it had never really broken out of, I mean, they'd sell thousands of units, but you know, of course they want to sell millions. Uh, and, but it never kind of got out of that, like early doctor kind of, uh, you know, people who really like to kind of, uh, you know, those, uh, how do you describe it, Ryan? You know what I mean? Those like, I, I'm, I'm trying not to say geeky people, but I yeah, think you know tinkers, I mean. you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, tinkers, like those people, right? So it is, so the thousands of use, uses like that, but they were trying to go more through that diffusion curve. How do we diffuse this to that early majority as it were, right? And so we're trying to figure that. And they were trying different offerings and things, and they couldn't get it right. So I'm like, okay, well, let's actually do the simulated selection study and see what happens. So we've gone through different iterations of this. But the idea is this, is basically we start with, first off, kind of 
you know, how would you kind of describe yourself right now? So this is how we start off. So this is our, the, the purpose of this particular slide is to find out, okay, the person I'm talking to, you know, if we're to kind of come up with our ICPs, which one do they fit into? Are they both of these scenarios or are they just one or the other? Right? Are they someone who maybe has chronic sleep problems or are they someone who maybe doesn't, but is what we call these life, lifetime or lifestyle optimizers? Or are they somehow some combination of both? And, yeah, and that you kind of ask us, them, hey, like, are you more yeah. this or are you more that? Oh, yeah, well, I, actually, it's very simple. We say, oh, how are you doing? Um, I'm going to show you this screen, read it, and then tell me which one that you identify with most. And they'll just read it to themselves. And they'll be like, oh, and, you know, it, it might sound weird, but almost 100% of the time they're like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely the one on the left, not the one on the right. Or they'll say, I'm not really either of those. Uh, I mean, it's kind of interesting how people will give you, when you make it this concrete, they will give you a nice concrete answer, which I think is why we use visuals too. It's like, I'm not really that person on the left or I'll be like, yeah, that's me. Like that alarm clock is right next to me and my eyes are open all night long and it drives me bananas. Yeah. Anyway, so Alan, I have a question for you. Yes. And I don't, we don't have to go down the rabbit hole with this, but yeah. how do you decide who you put this in front of? So like, what were you using yeah. for your recruiting to jumpstart this? Yeah, absolutely. So these are people who should be our customers. Again, so we think of like who should be the customers. Again, not trying not to think of going backwards. Like that's why we didn't like, oh, people who are, you know, currently, I mean, you can do that. People are currently buying X. But, you know, again, if, if it's yeah. a new thing and you're trying to create a new market niche, then technically that niche shouldn't exist. So there is no kind of prior to base it upon. You, you have to kind of like say like, look, we think that these types of people should be buying this product. So that's literally kind of how we start off. Gotcha. With. So you use basically criteria that's available and you make a judgment of like people yeah. who do that should do this in in our theory, yes. our approach. Yes, absolutely. Great. Uh, should I continue on the, the next parts, Ryan, and walk through it? Yeah, totally. I think one of the cool things is <clears> like, <throat> I'm, actually, I'm actually neither, right? Like, yeah. oh, well, then who are you? And then, oh, you're realizing that I, I'm missing a segment in here, right? Yes, exactly. That's another thing too. Like, And then that also kind of helps us figure out that like if they say that, then we'll continue the conversation for a little bit, but we ignore everything they say, for example, because you know that, that's also an important thing to realize is you want to make sure you find out who you should not be talking to. Because yeah, there have literally been calls where that, that happens. They'll say, oh, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm neither of those. You know, I, I sleep fine and uh, you know, I don't do any yoga or I don't buy anything like that or I'm not really a big exerciser. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, uh, yeah, you can actually kill de 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 <laughs> people pretty fast and feel like do you yeah. kick them out of the call, or do you do you actually have that conversation of like what else is going on in their world? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we because we have them on the call, we will like, go to the next one. Like, oh, so then you've you know, have you ever done these types of patterns? And so I guess that means that you've never talked to your doctor about sleep problems, or you don't read sleep journals, or you've never kind of explored how to optimize your sleep, your fitness. And they're like, yeah, well, that's, that's not me. Okay, great. You know, it's kind of further confirming that, that yeah. uh, disqualifying them. So then well, what we'll do is then we'll kind of slowly roll out um, some text. Now this is kind of what the, also the other thing too, is that we want to feed. Okay. So going back to the theory part, jobs theory, right? So um, we see, consumers as, as uh, you know, adaptive learning agents. So like, for example, I, I call shopping is a information foraging process, which is basically I am gathering information to construct my preferences, right? To, to figure out what I, you know, what's interesting to me, what's not, what should I buy, so on and so forth. So to help us kind of understand that process a bit more, we slowly feed them information and see how each new bit of information changes their opinion, or if it does at all. And so we'll slowly tease out things. Like, okay, if you see, you know, so, okay, sleep checkup, what do you think that means? All right? And it's also the other thing too, which is, I, I think, and, uh, and I'll, this is actually probably a good point to mention it. Ryan, you know, you had talked about, you know, your issue, issue with your thing before, and that is, you know, uh, a lot of times people think, oh, okay, well, 
for developing a new product, we'll start with some needs analysis and then we'll, you know, figure that out and then build some product and we'll study things in isolation and then we'll put it all together in the end and then, and then we will uh, release it. But what's, you know, you know, again, what we're trying to do here is to kind of, you know, find out from them if they're able to even comprehend or extend what you put in front of them. Like for example, a great way to disqualify what someone says is if you show them a new product, you know, I don't know, here, here's this new thing, you know, isn't it cool uh, wireless headphones, whatever. And if, they, and if they're like, if they say, oh yeah, that's totally cool. That's totally cool. That's so neat. I like that. Okay. So great. You know, I like the color. I like the box. Like they're talking, they're reacting to the thing, but, the, but what you want to get them is like, oh, well, what changes for you? Like, how is your life different because of this? And if they're just kind of like big question mark on their head, they're like, okay, they're just, they're, they're feeding me BS or they're just, they're just reacting to this because that's what they want to hear. They want me to tell them that their baby's pretty, but if they can't connect those dots in, in their mind, then you know that, that you're talking to a dud here. So again, so if I put like sleep checkup in here and they can't really, you know, as I unfold information, so I, you know, I go through it, like, what do you think about this? If they can't really like explain what that means to them or how it does or does not resonate with them, then, you know, you basically throw out what this person is saying. So that's been kind of the process. So we kind of are just slowly unveiling to them like, okay, well, here's kind of, you know, some, some of the descriptions here. Here's some of the things of how it might work. And again, we're just kind of teasing thing information about, okay, here, here's the headband. How do you think, you know, what do you think about this? Again, like, like, like this is a good example. People who give you good information are going to say, oh, okay, that headband looks cool. That looks really neat. Um, I'm sorry, that's bad information, right? Because, uh, okay, great, they're just telling me my baby's cute. But, they, but, but when they say things like, oh, okay, that looks uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, I'm not or like, I don't know, is, is that going to give my wife cancer as we're like laying in bed? That's good stuff. That means that they're actually are mentally simulating consumption of the product, which is what you want. So again, that's, we're just kind of feeding them. So I said, we're giving them, we're kind of give, feeding them more information. Are they able to connect the dots more? Are they kind of getting it? Like how are they reacting to little bits of it at time? Um, you know, and then this is kind of just how we like reveal the product to them. And, but also as we're doing this, we also try to, to tie it back. So we said, okay, you know, we're showing you this. We're showing you some of the qualities of this new thing. Like you said that this, you know, so this, oh, that's pretty cool. I get to see um, this, uh, my sleep stages, right? Okay, it's interesting. Well, do you remember, you remember way back when we talked about this? How does that help you with this? And then they're like, oh, uh, I'm not really sure. Then again, you're kind of maybe like, okay, maybe there's something wrong here. But if it's like, well, if I knew my sleep stages, then I would know the optimum time to go to sleep. Or, you know, I would, uh, I, would I could get up earlier in the morning, which is I've always been warning around, so on and so forth. It's like trying to get them to, again, mentally simulate, engage, and project themselves in the future with this product which is what people do when they're shopping. I mean, that's exactly what you're doing. When you're, when you're looking at Amazon, like, what are you doing? You're thinking about using the thing. So we're trying to recreate that experience. Like, are they mentally simulating using this thing? So they say things like, oh, that, that looks hard. Or, oh, yeah, that's, that, that fits right in on top of my desk really easily. Then, then you know that you got a winner. So, I'll, you know, this is, this is pretty straightforward. Like, and sometimes you get a little interesting things as you get more and more granular. Like, a simple example here is when we showed them this screen, they said, oh, Peric. Um, I mean, God, they'd say like, look, I, it was kind of funny. This was almost every respondent said this, like, oh, Peric, yeah, but that's, that's not a real person. Like, I mean, we know that's like some kind of bot, right? Literally, Peric was on the call with us. <laughs> Listen to this. So he actually was on, he's like, no, actually, you're talking with me. I thought that was kind of funny too. And so <laughs> this deck is much longer than than what we would do uh, i'm actually this is kind of a a summary we would never show people this many slides it was just this for, for this purpose this is just kind of um you know the summary of everything because we were iterating upon things so when, when people say oh that that makes no sense to me i don't understand that then we would try to update it for, for the next experiment and see okay they couldn't tie that particular chart back to how it helps them overcome their insomnia, let's change it in a way where maybe we, we think it will. So then, you know, this is basically going through the product. 
And then, you know, we tried different variations. Like we tried, okay, you've got the product. Now what about this sleep club thing, right? And, and here's some of the qualities of it. And yeah, and I mean, this was a big dud. People are like, look, I, I don't trust that because, uh, you know, who are these people on these forums? It's probably going to be more, more confused. There's going to be misinformation. I don't want that. You know, who, who are these people out there just making things up? You know, just like raising all these anxieties and, and trust issues. Yeah. And then finally, you know, we, we get to the end part, which is we do like that game of uh, Price is Right, as it were. So, you know, here are some different, different pricing things or packagings. How much do you think these cost? Now, the exact number is not something that we trust because, you know, people just make, you know, make things up, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's $100 a fair price. Okay, well, all right, well, okay. Like, a lot of people just kind of like, well, go ahead and write that down. But I'm not going to trust people because I, hey, look, I paid this person to talk with me. I'm not going to trust what they say. But what we can learn and is reliable is what choice set they put it in. So when they say $100, well, why $100? Oh, well, because I've seen products like this before, A, B, C, D, which are out there on the market right now, and that's how much those costs. Or, oh yeah, this would probably be $300 because you know this, that's how much I pay to go see a sleep specialist. And this would, would replace seeing a sleep specialist. That's what you want to know. It's not three hundred dollars. Is that it replaces a sleep specialist, as it were? And then we show them the price, kind of see how how they react to it, um, and then you know, which is you know, it, it, it'd be kind of a fun game with them. You know, they perceive it, uh, but again, it's kind of like you see this. What's your reaction? Um, and and in, the, in this particular case, it was that makes sense because products like that cost like that. But they couldn't really rationalize it with what it really replaces. I mean, some people said, well, I guess it would replace all of the effort in going to see a sleep specialist, you know, taking a day off work, um, sitting in a you know, doctor's office for, for half an hour, and then, and then you know, paying some copay or whatever it is. That was mostly that, like, that was like at the like high end of it, of like the closest to accepting the willingness to pay. But at the very like, other end, we have people say like, that's ridiculous. I have this app on my phone, it's $5 a month. Um, and it has the sonar thing or what, I don't know what it, you know, they'll say this, I don't know what it does. Uh, but it just kind of like measures me while I sleep and tells me if I'm sleeping good or not. And that's good enough. So it's, you're not gonna get like, oh, should it be 279 or 289? Those are yeah. things you have to do, like actually put in the market, but from broad strokes directionally, which is what we're looking for, right? We're looking for a multiply by zero factors here. Like what are the what are the, the critical points that will cause this to be a failure? Which again, going back to the prediction thing is also how we work. We can't, and we were talking about Ryan, we can't predict if a product will be successful. Again, no one can do that, right? That's why, you know, weathermen don't, don't predict more than 10 days out. And even then it's kind of like dicey. But, but what we can do is say why it won't work. And so actually when we're working with our, with our clients to construct um, a prediction matrix of this, we highlight the multiply by zero factors and say why it would not work. So we classify things not as it will be a winner and here's how much. We say like it's either low risk or almost no risk or extremely high risk. And then some of them, they've been given some plans of, okay, well, if you want to reduce these risks, you know, here's what you want to do. So like in, in this example for dream, we said, we basically, the, our recommendation, our prediction was this is a high risk offering for the biggest reasons. First off is trust. People perceive the way, you know, they, they never heard of this before the way the styling of it, the colors, the packaging, so on and so forth, it looked like a startup. Everyone kept describing it as a startup. And people did not want to trust medical advice from a startup or invest $300 in a product from a startup. So that's like the first thing. It was like, look, high risk because people just don't, don't trust the brand, for one, at this price point. And also on the subject matter. And then... Um, Yes, the, of course, the, the other big thing was that when people are putting into a choice set, it was very often 
things like, for example, going back to said before, sure, it's inconvenient to go to the doctor's office for an afternoon, but my company's insurance pays for that. I paid $20. So, you know, it's inconvenient, but you know how people, people are crazy. Like they, they will burn half a day to save 50 bucks. So it's like, so when they say that, like, okay, high, 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 you know, high risk there for that. And a few other reasons there too, but you know, it's mostly of the two biggest things were it was the trust, huge, huge tank on the trust issue. And the other really big multiplied by zero factor was, was the choice set they were putting into like, ah, you know, I'll use some app on the phone or, you know, uh, the, that, or, or the other thing too, if they did mention the oral ring, which came up sometimes, they're like, yeah, but the oral ring seems more comfortable to use as I sleep. That looks really uncomfortable. So again, the progress was there. So, you know, we, we, we would validate, yeah, you know, this part is totally accurate. The ICP is right, the progress, the needs and so on and so forth. What didn't work was the offering. We couldn't get fitness in between the offering and the type of progress that consumers wanted. I've, I've been spieling for a whole yeah, lot. No, this is great. I think, I think for me, one of the things I love about this, I think it's actually the, you talked about mental, simula, uh, mental simulation, right? And it's actually like a tweet I have favorited since, I don't know when I, favorite it but like 2016 or something it was when we were talking about this stuff it was this realization that before people buy products they first have to imagine in their mind how it will help them how it will change the way they live and the way they work and what i love about this about simulated shopping here is a couple things i love the um incremental revelation i'll call it um right we're starting out with just the sleep checkup so what what is that now i have to imagine in my head what that is and you're getting a, a real sense of um positioning and, and can you are you communicating clearly just uh there's just the concept and you can do this with with nothing right like you can do these first slides um in just text form I think that's that's pretty fascinating. And you said the sleep lab, like the next slide, caused people just to kind of like uh, cower away from a lab. What am I, a rat? What am I going to have a whole bunch of electrodes yeah. in my head, right? Like um, it, it was it was off-putting. I mean, what, what powerful things to be able to realize this stuff really, really early on um, before you're deep in development cycles. Um so Ryan, you triggered me. That's I'm like going there with figuring it out early on. And so Alan, I'm super curious. Is, is this you, something you said about, we can't predict a product will be successful, but we can predict why it won't work. Like that's really stuck with me. And so I, I almost look at this tool as, isn't it an evaluative tool, simulated shopping, or is there a space for it where you can use it as a, a launch pad to innovate, right? As you're kind of conducting the early steps to this, or is it a binary? Will this work? Will it not? And we'll show you why. How do you look at this and where our, even our listeners might apply this? A lot of folks are working in startups with half-baked ideas. Is this for them or do they have to have that, you talked about future kind of in their mind, that vision, and then work back to see whether it's it's going to be real or not, whether it could might actually work. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think, you know, and I think, and I don't know if it was on this call or kind of during our uh, warm up time um, before this, but you, you, you kind of talked about like, you know, uh, which is what people, it's, it's like sometimes you see in Twitter, people are saying like, oh, how do I find an idea for a startup? Or like, how do I find an idea for a business? Right. I think, you know, a lot of people that, and then they think, well, I'll start by looking at people's problems. Like, oh, okay. Um, and we kind of talked into that and we can kind of digress on maybe why I don't like that. But I, I, I would use this, and, and kind of going back to, to what Ryan said, said a bit, you could even use some, some of this stuff by kind of having conversations about how people react to, to this kind of stuff. Use this as, as like inspiration, right? Like, for example, suppose all that we had was literally this, right? We don't, we don't even, this is like where our ideas stop, right? And then, but you know, let's, let's just kind of put some 
words, literally words, because words aren't words and pictures and experiences and feelings. Those are all information. So this is just a different type of information a consumer is getting to arrive at some judgment. So, so for this, you know, and kind of where I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this to, we found that, for example, the combination of words, personalized recommendations, got everyone excited, right? Because it wasn't just personalized and it wasn't like even down here, like by only, because like, for example, we're like, oh, we can make sure that you get the right recommendations even, or, you know, uh, a brain, because, you know, we went through different versions of this, right? So because, oh, you know, measure your, your, your brain activity and get sleep recommendations. People are like, ah, you know, whatever. But for whatever reason, the combination of personalized recommendations, that was like, well, that's what I need. And then like, well, why is that important? Well, because I read all, I read all this stuff from, from uh, you know, sleep, whatever, sleep magazines and, you know, the top 10 ways to improve your sleep. And it's all general. It's not for me, individual. And then when I go to a doctor, you know, the doctor is supposed to give me a personal recommendation, but, you know, she's just trying to get me out of there because she's got 10 other patients to see. And she just basically asks me a few questions and always gives me the same medication or something, which is a generic response. So people are like, I need personalized recommendations. So even, I mean, hopefully I'm answering your question, but that could even be a way of, of like kind of probing that kind of, you know, fuzzy end of, of like, I guess, opportunity fishing, if you want to call it. Of yeah. figuring out kind of like, you know, like, like, where do we begin with? So if I were to play that back a little, you, what I'm hearing is you should have some thought into what the idea is. It ends up being the landing ground to trigger that where they go mentally, which might take you to a new idea. But without that initial thought, you can't just say like, ask them about their problems. Otherwise, to use your example, they might not be shopping for personalized recommendations it might yes. just be something that yes. is there that they're not aware of and only by you putting it out there in words or a picture can you trigger oh yeah and then you dig deeper is it real by asking why and how to actually yeah. validate that so again you know and i i love kind of challenging or poking people about like oh you talk to people about their problems or things of that nature and you know again people like you know we as product people, that's what we do. We sit around and think about people's problems or innovation, that kind of stuff. But like, look, we, we got to get out of our own, like our own biases here. Like most people are like, God, I got to pick up, pick up the kids from work. Uh, I got to make dinner. Like they're not thinking about granular detailed, <laughs> whatever the problems around like, you know, a uh, rat or cord taping up cords or just like, ah, it's fucking cords. Like, ah, it's, they're not like, thinking in minutia detail on a scale of one to five, like how does it feel? They're just, they're not there. They're like, oh, I got the, the kids are, you heard me before, my, my kids crying. Like what's going on there? Like they're just, they're just yeah. not there. Um, and, but the other thing too is also is that like we, yeah, I think this is actually part of the, the, the more interesting thing for it. We like, when it comes to our problems or our experiences, we develop habits. What's the first way? Con your consumers are fish in water, not, and they're not asking about like, why are we swimming in water? So when, when people are using a Blackberry with a keyboard, they're like, well, yeah, that's, they're, they're swimming in water. Well, yeah, well, that's how you use a smartphone. Of course. Like, what do you mean? Uh, keyboard. That's how it is. That's what a smart smartphone equals screen plus uh, keypad. Like that's it. They're swimming in the water. So if you ask them problems, they're just going to react, well, yeah, well, sometimes my thumbs get tired or sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't feel quite right. My fingers, are, they're just reacting to like the water they're swimming in. You have to like pull them out of that water and be like, well, hey, look, there's land. Like, oh, what, what? What is, yeah. what is this air you're talking about? You have to show them new things and see how they react to it. And I think that's also why you, you know, uh, your, your consulting agency that, that was, um, um, was called actually, you know, idealized innovation, right? It's this oh, idea. Yeah. It's yeah. the idea of taking them out of the water, the idea of bringing them into the future, right? But we have, as innovators, it's our job to innovate and create a new tomorrow and, and, and yep. project that and cast that for them. And that's what we're kind of doing here. I love how, like, if, if anyone listening's got an idea and they're trying to go validate it, 
there's lots of different ways to do it. Um, but you can see here how, how effective this could be rather than going and running, you know, several thousands of dollars in keyword test testing and trying to, you know, launch all these, all these ads and all those things. It, it could be as simple as a slide like this, right. And 10 conversations to figure out directionally what resonates, what doesn't, what freaks people out, what, what things new, what new anxieties am I creating with a sleep lab? Um, and I think what's powerful about this to do this kind of work, you don't have to have a finished product to do exercises like this, right? You can just get with a designer and dream up the future and run people through this incremental revelation and slowly feed them information and see, you know, what, what, what lights them up, what, what shuts them down and causes them to, to kind of back away from the offer. Um, like this is very powerful stuff, Alan. Yeah, it's it, and I I swear I, I didn't get the idea um, from that movie Inception, but this this is like you're basically doing Inception here, right? You're you're creating the world for them and then like wanting them to pour their secrets into it. Like that's that's kind of what they do in that movie. I love that poetic language, right? It's like when we're trying to extract information from people, we construct this world. Like he's like we we'll, we'll make a room with a safe. And like by definition, they will put their like secrets in the safe. So that's kind of what we're, we're, we're doing something like that here. We're trying to, you know, construct this world from them. And like, can they put themselves in that world? Because um, if they can't, then then you'll know that you know, that that there's limited or the high risk opportunity here. Yeah. Yeah. Alan, do you want to share the um, the Arlo example? I know we have a couple more minutes. I think that'd be a super helpful example to kind of close close in on, close out on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'll actually will begin. I think what, what might be fun here is to show um, the end result. Why not? Let's just yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's let's let's. let's, let's so this was. Uh, make sure I'm showing the right thing here. All right. So if you see, okay, that's it. Um, where is it? So this was a product that um, was released. I, don't know, I guess maybe two years ago or a year. COVID threw everything off. Really, you know, it's like a big time where I think calendars don't uh, work anymore. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I think it was beginning of 2020. Right. All right. And uh, hey, look at this. You know, uh, lots of good reviews here. Amazon's Choice. Um, you know, this turned to be a tremendously uh, successful product for Arlo. Um, and we, um, I know, I, I don't want to say that we predicted the, the success, but we predicted that there was low risk of introducing this product. But we did this study um, two years before this product was released. So we were able to effectively you know, anticipate uh, how things would unfold two years before it came out, which is particularly important in the CPG world. That's actually um, a lot of our work. I mean, it applies for software too, but this simulated selection work is particularly necessary. I'm going to say necessary for the CPG world because it takes – you got you know, a line of vendors, you got a line of factories, you got to get the machines. Like it's, it's, it's huge. A risk. long lead time. Yeah. Yeah. And even here, um, here, I'll just turn off this. I don't know if the sand's going to go through, but like watch this little part, this little scene right here. This guy's like creeping around and looked at this, comes up on the person's phone and it's, it's looking in. Oh, what's going on there? Okay. I gotta do that. So this is an ad for that device. And so now what, what I'll do for fun is now I will show you the study that we did. Uh, let's see here. I think everyone's going to frequently see how similar it is. <laughs> yes. Yes. There it is. So um, there it is. So you can see here, you know, here's the guy creeping around the yard. You look at the thing, you get the notification on the phone, it comes up, they see it, you know, and it comes right up. So like they even literally took, the storyboard we use in front of consumers as validation for the product validation strong word, but you know, test the product and actually looks like the kind of hand over to the creative team, like make the ad out of this, which is also kind of comes back to what we're trying to do here. Again, ads are market information. It's, it's, it's consumers are taking this in and coming to some interpretation of it. So you kind of are showing them ads Right and seeing how mm. you know um, how they react to it, it's, it's the same thing. It's interesting. So here, own little, own little infomercial <laughs> right here. Yes. Oh no. Well, Walk actually, us through it, Alan. 
<laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, so so this was more of so this was before Dream was a scenario where they had a product and were trying to fit into a situation or like what kind of futures can we, you know, might we create with this product? So they, they were like a technology in search, I hate to say it, in search of a problem, but I don't want like to say that, in search of an opportunity, right? This was the other way around, which is we were like, okay, we know directionally the kind, kinds of experiences consumers want, but we're not really sure even what kind of products to make. So this was totally fuzzy things, right? And then this was helpful because like Arlo at the time, was already a, a camera company, a security camera company. So they, you know, they had some idea what people were into, but they were trying to find more opportunities for variations of their products. <clears throat> and so we just kind of took with some basically built upon, you know, because this is looking for like an adjacent possible product, not a completely you know new thing. We were able to kind of build upon, you know, some previous research, previous products that, that, that people were buying, experiences that, that they knew were like. So we knew that people were using security cameras to watch things at night, but how can we improve that product or experience and create adjacent possible products? So that, that's what this is. And we just put these different experiences in, in front of people. Um, and again, here, there's like no, we're like barely any product here. There's no screens in here. Like, I think the most version of the product that you can maybe see is like this little corner here. But like, that's all you get. It's not the floodlight camera that you saw before. It looks totally different. So like we knew what type of experience the product was supposed to make. We just didn't know what the product would look like. So this, this is an example of what we're doing there. Uh, let me see. I think I got to do the uh, this side here. Where's the navigator? And I'll, I'll jump to something else here. So when we're looking for multiply by zero factors, right? This is this is a, a good example of this. So <clears throat> they had this other idea called party mode. Because, okay, we make these cameras. So, all right, well, what if instead of for security, we used it for some sort of like, uh, you know, they call it party mode. But yeah, you know, kind of like sharing events or like like broadcasting from, from your home. And so like, okay, well, let's, but like that, that's all kind of how they were. And there was, like, it was like lots of internal debate. Like some people loved it at the company. Some people hated it, but they couldn't, like they were totally, you know, logged in. Yeah. So the question is, Hey, um, we're not sure what features to put into this thing. This is a feature that we're debating. Help us yeah. decide. Yeah. So we're like, well, let's put the, you know, not the feature in front of people, but the experience in front of them and see how they react to it. You know, and uh, you know, the short of it is basically, um, uh, basically, I'll tell you, every, so out of say about 15 participants, I'd say 12 of them outright rejected it, like hugely. They're like, that is creepy. That is weird. Like, they're just like, no way. Because like, and, and this is again, how do we know that's reliable or valid? Because they were very imaginative about it. They would say like, look, like, when I'm having a party, like I want people to like let loose and like have fun. That's their opportunity to actually be off camera. Like one guy even said, like, like he's like, you know, like, like what if, what if my neighbor's wife is like fool around with some guy and I catch it on camera? Like, what do I do? Do I tell him about it? Do I not? Like they're they're like, but that's what you do when well, you're shopping. Well, it'll be part of the highlight reel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like they were just like, like uh, you know, no, not for my parties. You know, it, we're supposed to let go. We're supposed to be, you know, off off camera, as it were. So that's what it is. But, and again, maybe, uh, Rob, this goes back to your earlier question of, like, um, less about studying problems, but putting new experiences in front of people and, and seeing how they react. Another part of jobs theory is this understanding that a, a behavior that consumers do is called reinvention which is where they will take an existing technology and adapt it in some way. So it fits. So it, it affords them something new. Like for example, you know, a, a trophy, you know, affords me like, you know, I can show off how cool I am or personal accomplishment, or I can put the trophy on the floor behind my door and it affords me like stop the door from opening. Right. So it's where I yep. reinvent the product to, to change its, its affordances. 
So they, so, so three people did that where they said like, look, I would not do this for Pardima, but you know what? Um, I would use this and they'd say like, which is not here at all. They'd say, I would use this. Like, you know what? I, uh, I forget what it was, but they're, they're like a reseller of like products, something like that. And they're like, you know, I do these at home, like, you know, how like those Tupperware parties kind of thing. Like, oh, uh, fashion. She was a fashion person. I do these trunk shows of like my jewelry. And like right now I just kind of go around to like things and, you know, events or something like that and kind of, you know, on the sidewalk and try to sell my stuff. But if I had this, I could broadcast to Facebook. I could stream my trunk shows and promote my business. Oh, so, so, so now it's good. So it's for this. The other scenario where someone um, uh, reinvented the product, she's like, you know, I would not do uses for, for party, like informal parties, but you know what? Um, I host lots of charity events at my house. And right now I pay $3,500 for some video guy to come around and record it for me and edit it and so on and so forth. But if I had this, I could just set up a few cameras around the event, broadcast it, stream it live to Facebook for my donors to watch or maybe watch at a later time so that I could, you know, kind of promote my charity as it were and and, and my, you know, get more money basically for, for, for my sure. charity. And, and it'd be easier and cheaper and faster. And I could stream it live and I don't, I don't have to deal with this video person, which might make people feel awkward, like guy walking around with the camera and putting people's faces. Anyway, so that's like, again, like, going to like tapping into that mental simulation that consumers do when looking at some product and its affordances and seeing how they react to it. Love it. Alan, this has been so great. Uh, thank you so much for sharing, you know, these, these assets and, and real life, you know, case study examples. Um, I think that's super helpful. One of the things that we've been trying to do more of is, um, you know, to talk about, how new how new products is is one thing, but just to kind of stay in the the verbal and kind of headspace it, it isn't good enough. I think that we really want to uh, share tactically with with people how to do this stuff on the kind of boots on the ground. And you've done that here today and showed you know this really great stuff for um, similar to shopping. I think it's very powerful stuff. I think one thing that I would note like. You know, people have heard about, well, problem interviews and, and solution interviews. Um, when, I, when I first saw this, I just knew right away this was something special because typically in like a, if you're wondering out there, how is this different than a, you know, solution interview? Um, often what that involves is like a clickable prototype, you show them something and then you ask, well, would you want to buy it? And I think this is a, a lot, uh, there's a lot more here with gradually gradually revealing the messaging, the positioning, um, really really being able to take them on, on a journey and, and to having these um, storyboards, if you will, that kind of help them imagine this future state where, like you said, it's almost, it's almost not about the product at all here. Like there's very little product in, in, this, in this example, right? It's more about them imagining themselves in this experience and is that experience desirable? Um, so... Fantastic stuff, Alan. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I hope it's helpful and uh, inspirational to people. So where can people find more about Alan? How do they connect with ah, you? Oh, man. Um, so <laughs> there I am on Twitter, but I have not, because I've been working so much, um, have not been tweeting much. I'd say, you know, um, re uh, reveal.market is, is, is our uh, consulting business right now. Um, you know, if they want to contact us through there, um, yeah, probably and follow me on Twitter soon. We'll be releasing the, uh, totally revamped, um, you know, educational content, which will be for free, you know, videos and all that kind of stuff around jobs theory. Cause we want to help people be successful at it. Um, then also we'll be releasing some educational content around how to do uh, simulate selection. So how, how to design these studies, how to plan for them how to uh, you know, evaluate success, how to create uh, predictions out of it. So that's follow me on Twitter or sign up and follow us around on Revealed. Wonderful. Alan, thanks so much for joining us today on Exploring Product. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah.
Thanks for joining us today. We hope this episode gave you some fresh perspectives and even some inspiration to help you on your product journey. You can access notes, links, and resources from this episode at exploringproduct.com. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to share it with us on Twitter so that we can chat about it together. Until next time, keep exploring.